Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Geeky Dinks. This week we're starting a new topic because it's a new month. Yep. And this month we're talking about the last thing that we really, really like to get into, which is music. Yeah, I think, you know, like we said, music plays a big part in a lot of culture of geekdom, I suppose. I mean, yeah, yeah, like (laughs) culturally speaking, it's the oldest continuously existing thing, I guess. Yeah. Like ever since cavemen were humming to themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Before ADHD was diagnosed. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I mean, there's a lot of things that obviously movies have soundtracks. And if you really think about it, whether it has words or not, if you take the music out of movies, it's boring. Yeah. Really, really. I think it's the one thing that, like, without it, the emotion isn't as easily conveyed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Music is one of those integral things to the other aspects that we've been talking about. Um, Video games, too. Like, there's certain ones that are very iconic, you know? I think what's funny for me with uh, video games is, like... (laughs) you know you're just like do 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 you get little background noises and like light music but all of a sudden the music is real loud and real heavy you're like oh it's about to go down yeah yeah and some of them now have kind of like it feels like it's almost messed up because some of the music is specific to an area but also you can go back to that area after you've dealt with a story part. Mm-hmm. Like I saw this in Oh, um, in Survivor. Yeah. Yep. yep. Jedi Survivor, where you go into an imperial area where there's a lot of people, and you're in disguise as an imperial officer. Mm-hmm. And of course, the music is very tense, and you're like doing like a lot of espionage stuff. You're just walking right. through mostly, but. When you go back to visit there, it still does the music, even though there's nobody there anymore. Right. It's always weird because, you know, every time you rest in Jedi Survivor, you basically reload the enemies in in that world. So to me, because still old game mode thinking that when music hits, something's about to go down. So I start looking. I'm like, who, what, where, what, what's going to happen? And it's like, oh. (laughs) literally nothing nothing happens (laughs) yeah it definitely used to be like that's why we get our guard up that boss music (laughs) it always it always had to do with a big boss Mm -hmm. coming your way the other telltale signs were like coming across a lot of ammo or first aid kits yeah if you see a lot of first aid kits or in this case stims you're just kind of like I'm going to die. Yeah. And when I, you know, going back through Survivor and doing all the accomplishments, I think there's a total of like 12 or 13 stims. Wow. Which just tells you the level of intensity that that game is. Yeah. Because I think in the first one, it was like eight. They're like practically doubled wow. the amount of stims. Yeah. Speaking of Survivor, they actually included their own tracks as collectible things in the mm-hmm. in the game. Yeah. For your dj to play in the saloon yeah which was really cool because you can change it up and it's kind of like house music so it's not like cantina style like crazy music Uh although some of the tracks are a little bit more i guess i would say on the line of reggae kind of okay but most of the time it was very house music 
But it was really cool because you'd walk in and you'd hear it playing and you're like, okay, this is neat. And then some of them, one of the, one of the songs, I can't remember what it was, but it felt very, um, remember that old song, Du Hast Mesh or whatever? Yeah. It had that like deep, just oh, grungy vibe. Yeah. And I'm like, I just came off a really big battle. Can we like <laughs> tone the energy down here in this uh, saloon? <laughs> yeah, it is interesting that Star Wars included some in-universe music. Mm -hmm. Like, stuff that doesn't exist anywhere else. Right. Like, they created their own genres. Yeah. Apparently, I mean, it sounds gross, but it isn't. It's called jizz. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they probably pronounce it differently, maybe? I mean, how else can you pronounce it? It's J-Y-Z-Z. Jize? I mean, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Jazz, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah, um, but of course, that, that's the iconic one from A New Hope, mm -hmm. where you know, first time to go into a cantina. Right, that's what everyone thinks. Yeah, so it's like certain music always triggers a memory, mm -hmm. especially when it's uh, attached to a movie. You have a visual to go with it, especially when it's a score. And especially, especially when it's John Williams. Look, there could be no other composers and I would be fine as long as there was still John Williams. Yeah. Like, I so many movies that mean so much to me are John Williams. And I don't think I knew it until somebody did like a compilation parody that I was like, holy crap. Those are all John Williams. And I love <laughs> all of those movies. Yeah. And mostly it's because everything that he composes within those movies, just it's not just music for music's sake. Mm -hmm. It's music for emotion's sake. Right. I remember when I was going through my film classes and we were talking about how certain directors will use music to tell you how you're supposed to feel. Mm -hmm. Because they would do a thing where they would play the scene with music after they would play it without music mm -hmm. and people would have totally different feelings about what the scene was about. Yeah, absolutely. I think that makes sense because you can take a very tense moment, but if you have like happy, upbeat music, you're like, oh, a family's being reunited instead <laughs> of, oh, the drama, you know, <laughs> like that's, it's kind of a, a cool thing. I don't think, did I ever tell you that in high school when I went to Disney with my band, like for, for high school, we did the Magical Music Disney Days. And part of that was not only like walking down Main Street USA and Disney, which was cool, but we actually went to a studio and played one of the songs from Beauty and the Beast to the animation. Oh, wow. Granted, we were a teeny tiny band and it sounded like trash. <laughs> but it was really cool as me who, who enjoys music, who likes Disney, that was just like a full, like amazing moment to hear it played back. I'm like, we sound horrible, but that's amazing. You know? Right. Like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, high school bands are pretty hit or miss. Well, I mean, we were small. We had maybe 70, 80 people in our band. Oh yeah. We so it didn't tiny. sound very full. Yeah. Right. There was no violins. There was no, none of that. It was all brass and woodwinds. Yeah. Literally. That's it. If it actually... <laughs> Even if you all sounded really good, it would still be very sparse. <laughs> yeah, unless we all somehow sounded like 10 
different players right individually there was no way to sound like a big booming orchestra we did our best but yeah, it was still really what, cool what you really need for beauty and the beast <laughs> i think it was the the actual like dance song like tale as old as time i think it was oh. that song so it was really cool because they're like this is how you play it so when you're playing mm-hmm. the music you can see what's happening because they were trying to make that connection between the emotion hoping that we would kind of play it in that way which some of us did some of us didn't care obviously high school and some were just doing it for credits (laughs) not because they cared about music (laughs) did you care oh i totally cared (laughs) what did i play was i playing the tenor saxophone then i can't remember exactly what i was playing at that time did you have notes what do you mean in in beauty and the beast did did they have a tenor saxophone (laughs) (laughs) yes but it is not the melody um (laughs) Well, I, it might have been clarinet because in all honesty, we were marching in Magic Kingdom. I did march with the tenor, but I know it wasn't the baritone because they wouldn't let me march with the baritone. It was just too much. Um, ah, come on. You could have done I mean, I could have, but I, I couldn't wear the, the chest hardest, so I would have oh. had to wear it by my neck. It was either the clarinet or the tenor sax. And either way, once I got into the saxophone, I didn't care about the clarinet anymore. <laughs> as horrible as that sounds, I was like, I don't care if I have the melody. I love the saxophone sound. And so nothing else mattered after that. Yeah, you got started in music a lot earlier than I did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember a time when I was very young saying or thinking, I'm just not into music. Like... As a concept, I guess. <laughs> like you weren't going to give a, a rat's booty hole about music at all? I guess. Like, I I just never really listened to anything. How is that possible? I don't know. Th- this may not have worked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have words. <laughs> I, I just remember that for the longest time, I, I guess I didn't like what my parents were listening to at the time. That's fair. Because I remember my mom... For a while, listened to the country station okay. near us mm-hmm. because they had a thing where um, they would mail you a code, and every day they would say a code like once an hour between nine and five, mm-hmm. and give out a thousand dollars. Oh wow! Okay. On Thursdays, they would give out ten thousand. Jeez. Right. So for a while, she had a code that she always had, like, up by the phone. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you had a central phone at the time. Right, a home, right, landline. A home phone, yeah. <laughs> right. so, that, so that you could call in when you heard your... When you heard the code. Yeah. yeah, and get your money. Eventually, she did hear it, but for a while it meant listening to country music until Ugh. you know did she hear it on a ten thousand dollar day or just mm, not that i remember oh, and i think once you had one you couldn't win oh, for the other that stinks yeah the only thing i got out of that was a free ice cream from the ice cream truck when it came by i was gonna say the only thing i think you got out of that was your disdain for country music pretty much that's probably <laughs> where it stems from that's the origin story of why i don't like country music um <laughs> Other than that, they listened to a lot of classic rock, yep. which was attached to memories of camping in West Virginia oh. at the Pig Roast for which me. It's not like your super favorite thing to do. I mean, in the, I mean, that one in particular, but in, not. In the past, when like as a kid and being a part of a group of kids that, you know, mm. played yeah, around. That's and true. It was a lot more fun back then. 
getting older and just kind of growing out of the desire to go camping (laughs) uh, changed that a lot. But they always had either vinyl or CDs. Eventually, they moved on to digital of classic rock Mm -hmm. playing 24-7. Well, not 24-7, but like... Might as well. (laughs) Yeah, like, yeah, the, the... From when we got there... Probably from when they got there to clear out the farmland mm-hmm. until when everyone left on, I think, Monday. Oh, see, I think it was Monday. Yeah, my dad was in a band. So obviously music, I think, had been there since day one. Dad listened to classic rock, you know, had all his favorite favorite bands. Mom, I think, was, was kind of into classic rock as well, but also a little bit of the country. I had a country phase. <laughs> um in my early teens, it's a big Shania Twain fan and Leanne Rhines. Oh, yeah, and Big and Rich. I don't. I, they weren't. It was more like pop country when, my, when they like merged. My dad really liked uh, Shania Twain, but I think it was more for how she looked than that's the yeah. Music. Most people did. <laughs> most people did. But yeah, I got into band in middle school, so that was probably fifth or sixth grade. I think I was in band and then I was actually asked to be in marching band in seventh grade before high school because the band was so small they wouldn't have been able to compete if they didn't pull seventh graders oh. yeah that's again how small our school was <laughs> but yeah I I don't know that I would ever know a time without music that's it, that feels weird to me when you say that you might not have had chosen music I'm like how how do you not choose music yeah for whatever reason or lack thereof, <laughs> I was never really, I guess, given the choice of what I wanted to listen to. Mm. Whenever I wasn't around anybody, I didn't play music. I did, or also I didn't have a way of playing it mm. because I, I did like you had to either have a, a Walkman or a right. Discman yeah. or something. This was before the days of, you know, Pandora yeah, and you had, streaming stations. You had to figure out a different way of playing music uh, mobily. <laughs> right. You had to either have something that had a radio on it, which I remember my Walkman had a radio on it. They were trash, but they still had radios. Or cassettes. I would record music off the radio all the time. All the time. But yeah, you you would have to have some kind of physical media, and without having a job, you'd have to tell somebody, "Hey, I want this." Right. Which you know, in the early teen eras, when I was into Eminem and mm-hmm. Limp Bizkit and all that, and it was explicit content warning. Guess right. who didn't get to have those? <laughs> Trying to record the track off the radio <laughs> with the commercials or the person talking through it. Right. Or or you hopefully had a nice DJ. Mm-hmm. Who introed the song before actually starting to play it? Mm, so you can catch the very beginning. Yeah, and they would stop talking before. <laughs> they usually did, or they'd play the whole thing because mm-hmm. there were many a songs that were because the radio would only play songs for like three minutes and twenty seconds. I think was the max radio edit song, and some songs were three and a half, four minutes long, and they would just cut the song at three twenty. Right, they would fade it out and be like, that was... Yeah, yeah, and you're just like, that didn't sound like it was done. <laughs> and you get the album, you're like, that's a five-minute-long song. <laughs> yeah, they, they did the more extreme version of that on Total Request, Total Request Live. Ugh, that show used to be so good. Yeah, like, they 
kept getting shorter and shorter on how much of the music video they were showing and more and more of the screaming teenager that was there for the first time from the Midwest somewhere. Shush, as a Midwesterner, I was jealous. <laughs> or near the end, it was more just like someone from New Jersey. Yeah, no, it, it was frustrating because I think when Total Request, wow, that is hard to say, Total Request Live. That's why they changed it to TRL. Yeah. <laughs> when they first started, I remember, I think they used to play the complete music video or almost the complete music video for at least eight out of the top ten. And then it was more like the top five. And you're like, okay. And then it was the top three. Mm-hmm. And then it was barely the number one. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wait, hold on. Now we're just interviewing celebrities. And the entire time during the music video, they're sticking microphones in people's faces. So it's like, I, I can't hear the song. Right. That's what I'm here for. Not this random Yahoo from who knows where. Just screaming, oh my god, I love you, Nick! <laughs> or Carson, or whatever celebrity was on the show. And I was just like, okay, I'm <laughs> over this now. Go watch MTV. Or actually, no, I think it was MTV2 that played music videos. Right. What was that other music video station for a minute? VH1? Well, VH1 a little bit, but they were more like the Gen X version of MTV. <laughs> More of the documentaries. And yeah, behind the music. And liked, where are yeah. they now? And yeah. There was another one besides those two? I'm trying to think what it was actually called because it was, you could request a music video through your phone. Oh, I don't think I knew of this. Like each one had a code on it. And if you were watching the channel, they would like scroll past at the bottom of the thing. What? And I would constantly be looking for like, some obscure one that like it wasn't a top 40 Mm -hmm. song but i had seen that it was on there at some point and i wanted to see the music video again so i was just like scouring it and for a while i remember like taking down records of like what song was what code and (laughs) stuff like that just to like see what was coming up um i think it might have been called fuse or something like that that would be so cool i i miss music videos like i don't know if they still do them well, I mean, they still have the VMAs, the Video Music Awards, so... But are they... I guess that means they have videos, but I don't know. Like, I guess since we don't really have a way of watching them ourselves, you have to be, like, a fan of... the person to... Yeah, right. that's true. Because I know OK Go... I was just gonna say OK Go does. Like, they're probably one of my favorite bands as far as music videos go Mm -hmm. most everyone knows of them from when youtube was just getting going and they did their here it goes again video with the treadmills Mm -hmm. everyone knows about the treadmill video right people have recreated the treadmill video right so (laughs) so their music videos are always very creative Mm -hmm. in some form or fashion like they've done the rube goldberg machine a few times when what was the song that they did the zero gravity plane in that was upside down and inside out that's right yeah i thought that was one brave yeah uh and terrifying all the same time (laughs) yeah they're one of my favorite bands because of that yeah. No, I, I think it's great. I actually saw one of their videos the other day, and they said, you know, it took them 83 takes, so they basically did, like, the the domino effect thing, where they just literally had to get it all in one take. Right. 
And I'm like, you can tell they're tired. Yeah. You can tell they're like, this isn't working. Yeah. I think the one I saw (laughs) was an alternate take. Oh, was it? (laughs) Yeah, because it felt a little rougher than Mm -hmm. the one that was actually in the video. So you could probably be like, that was good, but can we do it one more time? (laughs) like, But did you get the whole thing? Yes. Okay. Then, yeah, sure, why not? (laughs) Because at least we have one. Yeah. Do you imagine 83 takes? Gosh, yeah. To get the one. (laughs) Yeah. and, And, of course, my little feather in my cap getting to work with them <laughs> briefly uh damien Kulash, the lead singer oh right 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 what one was that on he and his wife were directing it's a movie about the beanie babies That's that that right. whole craze i can't remember what the actual title mm-hmm. of it is the or the beanie buster some beanie bubble buster something like i don't know um <laughs> But when I was working on it, it was called Brownie. That's right. That's right. But they were just a really nice couple to work with. And, of course, being a musician, uh, he has a unique way of wanting to tell the story. Right. That usually has to do with being accompanied by music. Right. Well, that's one of the things I will say, like, today when we were watching The Great, when I said that she was walking in step with the music, it, it was like a weird satisfactory thing to see that and that reminds me of the movie um baby driver right where everything was in sync to music and i remember those castings of you have to understand tempo and be able to walk in beat right because that's so important like when you see marching bands i always criticize always criticize when i see marching bands and army individuals when they're not in step and they're not on the right foot because they would be in so much trouble. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times you would hear our marching director go, left, left, left. You lead with your left foot. It is literally left, right. And it's in step. If you were off, it was noticeable from the field and you would get marked down by judges. Wow. It was a big deal. So when marching bands get it wrong, I'm like, okay, they're high school kids, whatever. They're still going to get marked down. But when I see army people doing it in movies, I'm like, Come on. Well, come on. Usually when it's an army person in a movie, it's just a person wearing fatigues. But that's what I mean, though. Like, if you're trying to tell me this is a group of army recruits, three of them are out of step and out of time? Yeah, that meant that they didn't have (laughs) a consultant or some technical advisor running them through, like, this is what you actually have to look like to... To be believable. Yeah, yeah be bonkers. present yourself as <laughs> army personnel. Yeah. Um, totally get that. <laughs> it's just one of those things, like, every time I see it, I'm like, don't look at their feet. Don't look at their feet. They're out of step. Don't look at their feet. Don't look at their feet. Because <laughs> it just irritates the poop out of me. And it's just like, I don't think if I was in marching band that it would bother me. But because I know how important it is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I guess when you have that insider look mm-hmm. at anything like that, you tend to take it a bit more critically. Mm-hmm. Especially, I, I know I personally love doing karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> but for you... It's so stressful. It's so <laughs> stressful. It used to be fun. So I think there's there's a couple layers as to why I don't care for karaoke anymore one 
when people think they're good or they're having a really good time, they'll put in about 10 requests at once. And then for the next 45 minutes to hour and a half, it's nothing but them. Oh, yeah. Which drives me nuts. The more alcohol they have, the better they think they are and the worse they actually get, which is (laughs) also frustrating. And then I've had a couple of times when I was younger thinking I was doing well sober because I wasn't old enough to drink and actually did a horrible job because the I think the DJ changed the key to what I thought it was because he's like oh it's a girl singing Uncle Cracker I'll do the higher key oh no I have a lower voice and I'm used to Uncle Cracker's voice which is like here (laughs) and so I'm singing in the key in my head going that's this not how this sounds right. on the radio. Like, what do you, what do you, what's happening? Right. I, I always forget that karaoke plays it in a different key sometimes than what you're used to. Because they're offering it for all people to be able to sing it. Right. Which sucks. So when <laughs> you know how to actually match how it sounds, uh-huh. it comes uh-huh. out sounding kind of weird in your head. Yeah. I'm like, I'm really embarrassed and I can't just walk away from the song. So, I mean, I could have, but. I'm not one of those people to quit mid-game, so I just sucked the whole way through. Yeah, I wish you could tell them, (laughs) play it how it's supposed to. Yeah, play it in its (laughs) normal key. Please don't adjust in any way. Play it in the normal key. Right. (laughs) I will adapt, trust me. Or I will do an octave higher, and it'll be fine. But don't change the key on me, because I don't know where those notes are supposed to be. (laughs) But yeah, so there's a couple layers as to why I still like it it just takes me a lot longer to convince myself to do it yeah than it used to yeah i know quite a few songs that are right in my wheelhouse Mm -hmm. that i can get out there and have some fun and entertain the people like i like to do (laughs) (laughs) and and not be embarrassed about it but see i think that's the other thing too is that you go out and sing the songs that are entertaining my brain says, go out and sing the songs that'll blow their freaking minds because you're so good. And so I lose the whole aspect of entertaining for performance. So it's like, I want to go out there and sing an opera. Not actually an opera. I won't ever sing opera. But like, I want that level like, wow. <laughs> and I completely forget the fact that if I just make them laugh and they ha- they're having a good time, no one cares. Right. You know. Yeah, everyone's there to have fun, not to be like seeing some virtuoso like kill it at karaoke you know but that's me (laughs) (laughs) but i want to i mean it it is weird i guess it 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 would be kind of like seeing like what we did when we were at the punchline for an open mic night and ended up seeing ron white and kathleen madigan yeah like we saw a couple of headliners on an open mic right it'd be kind of like seeing I don't know, like... Adele. Or, yeah, Adele (laughs) at karaoke. You're just like, I mean, of course they're going to be good, like... Yeah, but also, like, would they also might not be great? Especially if they're trying something new like Ron White was. He was trying new material. He's like, I don't know how well these are going to kick off or how funny they're going to actually be, so I'm testing it out on you guys. It's like, it's funny, but the delivery's wrong, or it's really not that funny. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like... Yeah, I get that. That's why I like Shoop. Oh, yeah. Just because there's really no performance in that. Mm-hmm. You just need to be talking fast enough, yeah. essentially. and know the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, when the karaoke was at Dragon Con and they played that while we were eating the one time and they missed 
oh, all of yeah. the words. I was like, I'm not even looking at the words, and I know what they just give it, just give it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ruin this song. I mean, I I love that they have the karaoke bars where you can like rent a room, and then it's your group of friends right. or people you know. That's really cool because then one, you're a lot more comfortable. Yeah. Um, depending on how many people are there, it can go a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. And then everybody can just join in whenever they want because you're all there together having fun. Right. So that is that is a new thing that I enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, you do still have to pay for that. And yeah. it's like by the hour or whatever per person or something. It's not super expensive and you can get drinks and food. and Yeah, it was really cool. It was a lot of fun. And I, I love that they have that as a thing, especially because it includes like you can go anywhere from like hip hop to some of the most obscure mm-hmm. songs that you're like, you know DJ would have this song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of them you had to download off of YouTube or something, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't have the lyrics on screen, so you would have to just know, know the, the song. song. Yeah, I mean, they've had this around for a while, but they've definitely updated the technology as, as mm-hmm. it's gone. Like, now you just have a tablet that you pass around the right. room and pick stuff and you see what the list of songs you have coming up. It gives you a heads up of who's next, what song it is, so you can kind of see how the vibe is going to change. And I, and I like that only because I remember the one time we did go to a karaoke and I was like, well, what do they have that's clean? And he had nothing. Right. Nothing. And I was like, you don't have any clean? He's like, no, I took it out. Like, y- I'm sorry, you took out clean from your library? <laughs> like, yeah. What is wrong? And then I hated that because I'm like, they can choose what we hear. Mm-hmm. I would have loved some Bohemian Rhapsody or Killer Queen or, you know, a plethora of Queen. <laughs> yeah, I get the feeling that at that place they got it ad nauseum. I mean, yes, but that's so yeah, what happens. <laughs> I mean, it does, it does suck when someone gets so tired of it when a DJ decides to cull his library <laughs> right a whole band just because he doesn't want to hear any of it <sighs> yeah so those are my pros and cons of karaoke right there. <laughs> <laughs> there's quite a few it's a love-hate relationship <laughs> yeah the only other way i could do it on my own was when i would turn on rock band and just do the vocals yeah <laughs> i have a karaoke game for the PlayStation 2. Oh, really? It's it's country. It was for my country Oh. Days. But I specifically searched out those games because that's how much I loved karaoke at the time. Mm-hmm. That they created solely karaoke games, which also, they need to bring Rock Band back. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> the world would be so much happier if we had Guitar Hero and Rock Band. I mean, it would be nice to have a next generation version of the instruments and another game i'm just putting it out there now if anybody from playstation or xbox or whatever is listening <laughs> we need more of that and it, it, <laughs> and an easy way to import your whole back library yes because i got a big library and i don't <laughs> want to have to keep buying it over again and better guitar strummers yes because that's the whole reason we can't play is because those they break yeah, because when you take it apart and realize how that is constructed, it's really stupid. It's very flimsy. Yes, it's hollow plastic that you slam against another piece of plastic to strum. Yeah. Brilliant. So brilliant. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that to me is another way that 
you know, we really enjoyed music mm-hmm. was through rock band. Yeah. That felt like a, I mean, I know I can't play guitar, but I felt like a rock hero <laughs> once I started learning how to do the bass. Yeah. I'd always wanted to play bass, so I, I care nothing for guitar because I can't play more than one note at a time. <laughs> yeah, for the longest time, I couldn't do hard mode. Mm-hmm. I just was like, you only have four fingers. How can you have five buttons? <laughs> That's how I felt about my clutch pedal. I have two feet. Why do I have three pedals? <laughs> <laughs> but be- being able to have your pinky on the orange button, anybody who plays Guitar Hero or Rock Band knows the orange button is at the high fret mm-hmm. and the green one is the low and you more keep your index on the red and the you red move and green. red and green and you move that mm-hmm. back and forth because it's a lot easier to keep those three on right. the orange blue and yellow and then have the index which is a lot more mobile right i think that forth. worked a couple of times with the bass but because that orange key was so infrequently used Mm -hmm. it didn't make a whole lot of sense for me to change the hand position but if it had been i mean it makes sense like most bases are only for strings which kind of made me mad that they threw in that fifth one (laughs) makes me a little upset (laughs) but no it was fun though like (laughs) i still remember every musician is like Rock band isn't how you play. I, I know. I, my dad, if he was listening, would be like, what are you talking? Play I mean, actual guitar. <laughs> I mean, the closest you get is with the drums. Yeah, true. Or the keyboard. I'm sure the keyboard is yeah, similar Yeah, kind of. Yeah, the drums definitely, though, oh, because yeah. you have the, the pedal, really pedal for the bass. You really hit the, like, you actually have sticks. And you really hit pads, you know? Yeah, but it's more than four pads. Like, some of those pads are for symbols, which are in different places. And... Yeah. But it is the most mechanically similar. I just don't have coordination. Yeah. It's the only reason I... I, I would love to try it, but I don't have coordination. Yeah, I, I tried it once, and I have rhythm, but not coordination. Yeah. My one foot would just go, and I'm like, oh, you're supposed to change. And it's like, nah, I'm in a rhythm. (laughs) All right, cool. Guess we're doing that. (laughs) Yeah, I I would get that pain in my shin Mm -hmm. when you tap for too long. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You're just like, my foot. (laughs) No, I would love to do that again, even though it's older systems, but... I think we need an update or an on oh, a VR version. Oh, that'd be that'd cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. I, VR. I like the whole Beat Saber thing. That is probably the next best thing. But again, that to me is hand-eye coordination in a way my I don't think my brain is ready for yet. Because <laughs> I watch these people play and it's just these boxes. And you have to not only look at the boxes to what color matches your saber, but where the arrow is pointing. Mm-hmm. Because you hit it differently or it doesn't count. Right. And I'm like, there is no way I would see that fast enough. Yeah, I, I like those games where you upload a track and it populates it with a course mm-hmm. for you to play through. The only one I've played, well, I've played a couple of personally. One that had its own library mm-hmm. of songs that you could play through. You can upload your own stuff. But the first one that I did that you could was Audio Surf. Oh. And it was just this thing where you had this little ship and you like flew it along a track and based on the song it would do 
certain things like it, you would either be climbing or usually it it was like a dubstep song you're like going down like a black diamond slope <laughs> just like Aah! that's awesome it's funny that you say that because i was actually um watching a tiktok video that there's a new trend where um people clean to a specific song to help them get tasks done faster. Oh. And it's the, I don't know what the song is called, but you know the, uh, that song? Oh, yeah. That's the song they listen to. Oh. <laughs> while they clean. Uh, that's uh, the William Tell Overture. Yeah, I think it was that one. But yeah, so they listen to that and clean, and you just, you feel a rush. You're I mean, like, I yeah. Got, I just, I gotta, ah! the, the, the way it sounds, I mean, it's it's chase music, essentially. yeah. yeah. I would rather listen to the the Benny Benny Hill. Song. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think I'd have too much fun. See, that's my problem. Is I will use music to motivate me to do certain things. So you'll always see me listening to music when I'm cleaning or crafting or basically existing. And I sometimes when when you're not home, if I'm having a moment, I have my own production <laughs> make clean and. I have dance routines, and then the cleaning doesn't get done anymore. <laughs> it just becomes a whole concert. Because as a kid, I used to put on concerts. Oh, That's I see. That's probably why. Like, to the point of, we created fake tickets. Uh, it was Rachel, we, we created fake tickets <laughs> to give to her parents. We dressed as the ushers, sat them down in the only two chairs, front row seat, of course. <laughs> Ran back upstairs changed and then performed the music and then walked out ran back upstairs changed back into the ushers and ushered them out wow like we took their tickets and every it was the funniest thing (laughs) (laughs) we would record videos with a camcorder uh like making the video we pretend we're shopping through clothes and we'd make our own music videos and stuff we were very strange (laughs) individuals but so yeah music is important (laughs) yeah yeah we we talked about my start a little bit with the weird al Mm -hmm. episode just because those were my first albums Mm -hmm. was the food album and alapalooza and then my first band band was foo fighters with it's the album that learn to fly is on there's nothing left to lose i think is the name of it and I felt such like a bad boy mm-hmm. at the time because the yeah because the <laughs> CD came with a a, a fake tattoo oh. and I was so clean cut I was such like a suburban like like good boy <laughs> yeah I was so preppy like I, I wore the the three button polo shirts so you were a and, golden retriever boy and, and the khakis. You were a golden retriever boy. And I parted boy. my hair yep. nicely, Aww. and I, I was I was a very good boy. You were the goodest boy. I was the goodest boy. <laughs> so. Now you're more of a lab, but so, still. So me, me, <laughs> me wanting my own music tastes felt weird. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what I liked at first. That's, yeah. So the first stuff that I heard on my own happened to be like just the alternative station mm-hmm. so i heard foo fighters i heard weezer i heard offspring mm-hmm. so i was hearing a wide range of stuff well 
quote unquote wide wide. range. (laughs) But I also was getting the influence from MTV with Total Request Live. Right. (laughs) Gotta say it slow. Right. (laughs) We're not 15 anymore. (laughs) And all the, you know, just different influences. Mm -hmm. I got to hear a lot of different kinds of music. So like 90s hip hop, there's a few songs in there that I like. But for the most part, it was 90s alternative. You know, that's just what I always came back to. But for the most part, my CD collection was probably like a 70-30 split between soundtracks and alternative bands. Mm. Of course, it was alphabetized. Of course. I remember Alien Ant Farm was Mm -hmm. near the front, of course. A. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And I always felt bad that Weezer was near the back. <laughs> yeah, that's not how I organized mine. But I, 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 of course, organized it with boy bands first that I listened to most. Mm-hmm. But I can even tell you, I was just thinking about it because mine is pop music. I just started on pop music and that gave me a little bit of everything. But I can even tell you it was 103.3 WKFR. I know the exact radio station I listened to. I don't know if it still exists. But that was the radio station that was the pop music station in Michigan that I listened to. Wow. 99X was the one that really started everything in Atlanta, mm-hmm. I think. They've been off and on over the years, kind of had a rebirth for a minute in my 20s. And then apparently they're back now. Right, they, I saw that. They, they took over um, 100.5. In, in the Atlanta area, which used to be uh, Rock 100. First it was classic rock, then it was just rock, and now it's alt-rock. Yeah, because I think the alt-rock that we're used to listening to is tactically classic rock now. <laughs> yeah. Technically. Yeah, which is a little sad. Which means classic rock is now the oldies. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't feel so bad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you listened to my CD collection or my iPod when I finally got one, the shuffle... Um, it went from NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, to Eminem, Limp Bizkit, Korn, to Blink-182, oh gosh, who else? Offspring, Foo Fighters, Ludacris, (laughs) (laughs) some Snoop Dogg, some uh, DMX. Wow. (laughs) It just kind of went a lot of places. I, I remember asking one year... I never ended up getting these CDs, but my sister's boyfriend at the time had offered to burn me three CDs out Mm -hmm. of his collection, Mm. and he let me look through his collection and make a list. I tried to time out all of the music to... Fill the CD. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like I was actually... You were focused. (laughs) Yeah, like I, I found how long each song was. Wow. And I... I timed it. That's really yeah. sweet. And unfortunately, I never got the CDs. I'm going to need you to make me a playlist because I feel like you would really like... Did you ever make a girl like a playlist? No. I didn't have a girlfriend long enough in any school. That would have been so <laughs> I feel like you would have done a really good job at that. <laughs> I actually... I remember one, uh, one time... I don't know why they were doing it or when exactly it was... But 99X was doing a 
it was either either 99x or the buzz i think it was it was the other alternative station but they invited listeners to send in an hour-long playlist that let them be quote-unquote the dj for an hour on the radio yeah so i sent mine in and tried to make it something cool to listen to and what i knew people that listened to that station liked and apparently it did really well people liked it they actually played it yeah that's awesome yeah Okay, I'm going to need you to make me a mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> or a playlist or something. Yeah, I I always seem to leave it up to fate nowadays mm-hmm. with what I listen to. Like, I listen to Pandora, mm-hmm. and I just set it on a station, just like play something in this area. You know, like, I have my AJR station right, right. now. Right. And so it plays AJR, it plays OK Go, it plays Dirty Heads. You know, it has all my variety in there, but I don't know exactly what it's going to play next. It's kind of like, it's probably the closest we could get to a radio station now. Yeah, honestly. With, without having all all of the ads. Thank God. Yeah. That was so bad. Yeah, I'm okay with paying the 10 bucks a month to just listen to music. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do the same except for my station is Disney. <laughs> yeah. I am a child. <laughs> but I like it because, again, it's another way that I can sing along. To, not that I can't sing to right. other music, but it's just Disney music just has this, like, pull that you want to sing along with it. Yeah. Like, you can't tell me when we don't talk about Bruno comes on that you're not going <laughs> to sing to it. You're going to sing to it. Yeah. Or um, what's what's another song that Disney has that is, just, like, impossible? Well, the entire Hercules soundtrack. I'm trying to think of another one, like... You're welcome. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't not sing to <laughs> You're welcome. Like, there's just some of those, or me, can't not sing to Peaches. Um. <laughs> well, that, that, that's not Disney, but yeah. But yeah. But I mean, like, when you get that kind of music, it's so hard to just be like, I'm just going to sit here and listen. No, you're yeah. not. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> Movie songs always, regardless of who they come from, if it's a song that's attached to a movie... For whatever reason, it has the longest staying power mm-hmm. of any song. Yep, it it truly does, and it's it's just one of those it's just one of those ones that compels you to sing. I guess it's so. <laughs> I think about the Tarzan soundtrack. I don't like it. I don't well, like Phil Collins. Yeah, but also none of the characters sing the songs that I recall. Right, I. Mm... I don't think... I think the... Trash in the Camp might be the only exception. The gorilla sings part of... I can't remember the the song, but she starts one of the songs before mm-hmm. it like goes into Phil Collins. Yeah. Right. And, and so there's just not a... That to me is more of a CD you listen to. You can sing if you know the words, but you listen to. Mm-hmm. But when you got Miss Potts singing... Yeah, yeah. To Beauty um, the Beast. Yeah, Tarzan was one of those rare Disney ones that had a lot of music, but it didn't have, like, show-stopping numbers to sing those songs. Right. So. I mean, look at Let It Go. Yeah, yeah, like, all of these other movies have the story. Frozen is a little bit different because... It's doing the newer thing where it's moving the story along as it well, right. does the song. And more 
new Disney movies are like that. But a lot of the other ones were just kind of like, okay, we start the song and the story doesn't change at all. We're just telling you a lot of stuff. This is all exposition. It's all filler. (laughs) (laughs) And continue. Right. But I mean, I think it means a little bit more when you're singing the same song as a beloved character. Like, you know, if you really feel a connection with Ariel, singing part of your world is a big deal to sing with her. Even though we all know she's animated and now they've got a live action, but you're not singing with her. Right. (laughs) I mean, for a lot of us, it's a nostalgia thing, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, That's how we grew up as kids. Right. For others, it's new, especially when you didn't grow up with that stuff and especially getting the new version Mm -hmm. it's definitely going to be a different experience seeing that and comparing it to the older Mm -hmm. version of each of these movies that they've been redoing for me i (laughs) like some of the disney movies Mm -hmm. like the live action version especially some of the redoing of some of the songs But other ones, I really don't. Right. (laughs) I will say there were some songs in Aladdin that surprised me. Will Smith as Genie was actually a lot better than I thought. I was really, like, scared that he was not going to live up. But some of the music actually felt more authentic to the culture than it did originally. Yeah. However, I will say Scar's quote-unquote song in The New Lion King, I absolutely hated. Yeah. Absolutely. I was waiting for be prepared i was Mm -hmm. waiting for that and he's just talking it like there's just what no (laughs) no this is this is his big moment yeah i I think the dilemma we were in with aladdin was that no matter what will smith did with genie Mm -hmm. it wasn't gonna be the same as robin williams right and that is kind of a very touchy character to go after like especially with how everything went with robin williams Mm -hmm. and how his fan base protects his characters now any idea of changing the character even just different not better or worse just different Mm -hmm. was a chance that he was willing to take and i agree he did a really good job as genie he did his own thing right and yeah, like like you were saying, the songs are a lot more uh, culturally accurate. Right. Even though Agrabah is supposed to be a fictional place, right. it's based on Middle Eastern culture. Right. And it definitely felt that way. And, you know, there was just like certain tones to it. I was like, okay, this feels a little bit more, you know, when they're saying Arabian Nights. I'm like... I can feel that now. It doesn't yeah. feel like a pomp and circumstance like it did before. This actually feels a little bit melodic and it's got a little bit of like these, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like those tones that you're like, that's what I would mm-hmm. think of if I'm thinking of Arabian like music. Right. But yeah, I was very impressed that Will Smith was able to create a genie that felt enough like genie mm-hmm. without being a carbon copy, but without being too different. Right. You were just kind of like, okay, he's Genie in this Aladdin. Right. And I like this Genie. I still like that Genie better. <laughs> but I I like this Genie. Now, the movie as a whole, not exactly one of my favorites. Yeah, I watch it up to Prince Ali and then I'm done. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm like, oh, okay. Aladdin was really funny, though. He yeah, was he was terrible. Good. Um, <laughs> 
I also, I think in that one, I really miss the Sultan just being so bubbly and sweet. Yeah. I really miss that. Like, I feel like he was just such an endearing character that Mm -hmm. he was just so, uh, what's the, he's just like so positive and everything's great and wonderful that of course his, his, you know, person advisor isn't going to, you know, like. He, he had the same look as Maurice from Beauty and the Beast, Belle's dad. Yes, just this cute little old man. Yeah, ah. Um, that's how they kind of did Disney dads for a minute when Mm -hmm. they actually allowed the character to have parents. I was just going to (laughs) say, when they were allowed to have parents, it was only a dad. (laughs) But he was always like just kind of a little affable guy Mm -hmm. that was useful in some way, but also got himself into trouble more often than not. I'm like Mirabelle's dad. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, just accident prone. <laughs> and just bumbling. Yeah, that's in my top five for Disney soundtracks as well. Oh, Encanto? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah it is a really good one. Yeah. Hercules, of course, is still my number one. Oh, fair. But Encanto <laughs> is, is in the top five somewhere, too. Yeah. And I know you love Lost in the Woods from the second Frozen. Oh, yeah. Frozen 2's soundtrack is probably... It's a too. really good one. Yeah, yeah I, I like it more than the first one. Well, I think it was a bit. Well, aside from Anna's really sad song, I don't want to hear that one again. That, oh. that hurt. Yeah, that one was wow. Well, it was shortly after we lost the the fur babies, both of them, oh. and then it was Anna's. I've seen dark before, and it's like oh. hold it together, hold it together. <laughs> <laughs> that lump in the throat that's like the size of my actual chest. I'm just going. <laughs> yeah <laughs> dying inside <laughs> right but yeah giving Kristoff an 80s ballad <laughs> I loved it. that was wonderful i love when we first watch it we're just like i'm sorry what's happening yeah yeah just like how it starts and i'm like they're actually doing this they're they're, they're full on and and the reindeer sing the the reindeer are singing and they like dance along to it like uh backup singers <laughs> you see his head in the clouds facing the opposite. I'm like, oh my god. If they had the ability to, you almost see him swaying and snapping their fingers. <laughs> They'd be clapping their fingers. <laughs> oh, it was, it was so beautifully done. Just for entertainment's sake. Because could we have done without the song? Sure. Yeah. It, it really, that was one of the few songs that really didn't move it too much. Like, it moved it a little, obviously. Right. Kristoff's purpose. Right. But it didn't really move the story right yeah you definitely understood Kristoff a lot more mm-hmm. than you had before because he's definitely more portrayed as just this clumsy boyfriend type right and the the bar to be better than the previous guy is pretty low right <laughs> it's like in the ocean low yeah because Anna punched him in the face yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that you gave him a lot of heart mm-hmm. that he's very concerned with like their relationship because he wants to move forward but she's concerned with her relationship with her sister right and being a good um monarch i guess yeah as well yeah i mean she would be next in line and of course Kristoff didn't grow up with people so that's scary right <laughs> you know he's like i grew up with trolls and reindeer yeah of course i identify most with Kristoff. Because he hangs out with Sven most, and I speak for Sam like he speaks for Sven. <laughs> and both names start with an S. Yeah. That's sus. 
and the, and, the, and the voices are very similar. Yeah, that is very true. Although, as much as I liked Elsa, Anna was just like, yeah, that would be accurate for me. Just, I'm going to take care of it myself. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'll sleep in and stuff my face and pretend to be all proper, but I'm not. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that gives us a pretty good idea of an overarching feel of our musical background and taste Mm -hmm. Um, what we like about music how we kind of see it right in general i feel like next week we can talk more specifically about maybe what we're listening to now kind of fill in the gaps of when we started on our own and then how we've influenced each other. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty good, because I think there's been quite a bit of influence. I mean, especially you to me, because obviously I only listen to the pop music station, and then there was a phase where I just stopped listening to new music altogether and went back to my classic rocks because all new music sounded the same and it sucked. So <laughs> I had probably a good five-year period I did not listen to new music. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had a very wide musical education over the years. That happens in college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. And we'll, we'll get into that next week. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for coming back for this month and this new topic of music. Mm-hmm. Very new for us since we haven't really touched on it very much in any other episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we've got to cover it over the whole month. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But come back next week for more music talk. We are Geeky Dinks. Dinks.